It's where our redemption took place, right at that cross. And we're so thankful for, for Christ, what he's done for us. At this time, if the teachers would come forward for Children's Church, go ahead and make your way out to the side. A little housekeeping before we get underway. Uh, in your bulletins, you have uh, today's outline and a filler page. To, if you wish, you'll go ahead and participate in that. Also, it, which is not in your bulletin, but it's out in the Welcome Center. And for those that participated in the adult Bible study this morning, um, I'll be teaching uh, for the next two months, August and September, Jesus in the Old Testament. We had 12 sessions. We took a break in the summer. But that's back on beginning August 6th. Uh, adult Bible study here at the Bicentennial Room at 915. Uh, August 6th, Israel's high priest, a type of Christ. So if you're interested in that for the next eight weeks beginning August 6th, we'll go ahead and look at that in terms of Jesus in the Old Testament. This morning, a little more housekeeping. Uh, just to make sure that technology and the message is working properly, I'll be introducing each slide. Uh, it's going to be a little awkward at first. I, I get kind of excited, so I, I, hope, I hope that it, things will work out. I'm sure they will. Uh, but here we are again, and we thank you for your, uh, your patience. Let's look to the Lord in prayer as we begin uh, this morning's session in God's Word. Father, thank you. Uh, we thank you for technology. What an amazing gift. And for those that run it, we thank you, both sound and computers. I know I'm all left-handed when it comes to that, but we thank you, Lord, for those serving in those areas to make these things um, available to us uh, as a congregation and for those watching on Facebook. We thank you for that. Uh, this morning, as the song said, open our eyes, open our minds, but more than that, our hearts, because it's where the heart uh, where obedience takes place, where faith uh, takes place and, and begins to live it out in daily life. We pray about the, uh, that the word of God may open up this morning to all of us and that we might see your hand in our lives, for we ask it in Christ's name. So good morning again, Cass Church. Uh, what a pleasure it is that we can open up God's word together and share in it. It is the truth of God. It's the truth of God that sets us free. And we thank you and we thank the Lord that each time we open it, you know, we learn. And that's why we're here this morning, so that we might learn uh, the word of God. Uh, this is the last part of a two-part series that we started last week. Uh, the game plan, slide two, the game plan for tough times. And uh, we're taking as the backdrop to this particular study the book of Exodus. There in the book of Exodus is the story of Moses and the parting of the Red Sea. We're looking at eight principles uh, that I've extracted from the text that forms the foundation or the basis for this particular study. And I think uh, the game plan for tough times is really is a good title for what we're going through here. Uh, we covered the first four principles last week. We'll go ahead and do uh, the rest the, today and that'll complete the study and then that will be for your review. Uh, that will be on the website. But before I do, I wanted to take a quick moment to go ahead and review those for us. And then we'll go ahead into 5 through 8. I made the comment last week, as the title says, the game plan. This term game plan, we're pretty familiar with it. It's something we talk about every day in our lives. 
It's a sports metaphor, and it simply means what? That we need to know ahead of time on what to do if something were to happen. But in a sports metaphor, it's that they will, before the season even begins, they sit down, they review the, uh, the, uh, the videos, they review the game strategy so that they can perform to the level of their objective. In the world of sports, that's what we have, the game plan. But in like manner, when it comes to being a victorious follower of Jesus Christ, well, we need a game plan as well. You need to know ahead of time what to do and how to react to things that will assist us in becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. And so the game plan that we're interested in and that we're looking at the last two weeks is the game plan for those types of circumstances that come into our lives that are difficult, that become tough for us to bear with, where we find that it comes to us, it pops into our lives in varying degrees, and it just doesn't come to us, but it comes to our loved ones, our children. And we made the comment last week, if our children are affected, are affected we're affected. And so it happens to us as well. And so what's awesome is that what God does is that he shows himself strong through the tough times that we go through, and he's there to be strong for us. He's there to make a way for us. And so to be assured of that deliverance, we're looking at these principles together because it is in those principles that give us the assurance that we can have deliverance. And I believe that the text that we have before us in Exodus 14 more than qualifies that gives us those principles that gives us that assured deliverance. And so principle number one that we covered last week, slide number three, God designed your present circumstances and you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Here we see the children of Israel, they were backed against the wall. They were trapped, were they not? They were trapped in between God-forsaken hills and they were exposed to the enemy. They were sitting ducks. The situation was impossible. Is that how you feel today with the difficult time that you're going through in your life right now? You see, that's the first foundational principle. We belabored that last time, last week, because it's so important. The principle teaches that the Lord from time to time does indeed come to test his children and he puts them in harm way, harm's way. He puts them in times of peril. He puts us in situations where we need to suffer. Why? Because that peril, that, that, peril, that pain, that suffering, that hardship teaches us wisdom. It develops our character. It makes us stronger as a Christian. And yet simultaneously, he's there protecting us because he's a good God. And right, right from in the midst of our trials, his goodness shines through. And really, that's the first step towards your very own personal parted waters experience. And that's to remind ourselves that the Lord has either put us in those situations and only he knows why he's allowed it. And it's in those exact circumstances where he 
wants you to be. Slide number four. Principle number two, maximize God's glory in your present circumstances rather than your exit out of them. We use the text Exodus 14, 3 to 4. The children of Israel are exactly where they're supposed to be. Yahweh's plan is to lure Pharaoh after them at the Red Sea. And Pharaoh's divinely duped into thinking that God is a poor general to leave them no retreat. And so he sees them confused in the wilderness and he sees an opportunity. So can you see why the children of Israel needed to be in that difficult spot? And then that leads to one of the most spectacular miracles ever recorded in the Old Testament, the parting of the Red Sea, where God will receive maximum glory by rescuing the children of Israel and defeating their enemies. And so the principle here really is knowing that you're in a tough spot, but stopping the negative self-talk. The negative self-talk says, how did I get into this mess? Why am I going through this right now at my point in my life? See, those questions are natural. They're going to come up. But the better strategy, the better way to look at your situation is, how can God be glorified through this situation? How can he benefit in terms of his glory through my life? And so asking a question like that is really going to flip your situation upside down. You'll be able to see it from God's perspective, allowing you to see it from a spiritual point of view and not from a, a devastating position that has landed on your lap and you blame God for it and then you become bitter. So that's why we don't want to happen to us. And so that principle is in its place. Maximize God's glory in your present circumstances rather than your exit from them. Slide five. We also looked at principle number three. Be aware of your enemy and stay focused on Christ. The text we used was Exodus 14, 5 through 9. So the children of Israel see their enemy approaching. Oh, it puts the fear of God in them, doesn't it? They're ready to pounce. So what we learn here is that the enemy is relentless to come after you. Even when you're down in the dumps, even as you're sprawled out on your bed because of your situation, that's where he starts coming around even greater because he wants to get you down even further to ruin your testimony for God. And so you and I are to recall that we are to resist him. In James chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, it says, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We put a quote up last week that said, The great tyrant has not forgotten you. And he designs your capture and re-enslavement. Oh, that is so true. Figure out how he works to extinguish your focus on him. And you'll gain victory over the devil. Slide number six. We also covered principle number four. Appreciate that prayer is crucial. The text we used was Exodus 14. 
verses 9 through 10. Now, did the children of Israel pray? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it was double-minded. Because not only did they address Yahweh, not only did they look up to God for prayer, but then they started to complain. And so they were double-minded. Now, that's commendable to pray. And that's what we should do. And they prayed because they recognized that there was no other human that could help them in their situation. And so they cry out to God. But we're in the flesh. We're still human. And they started to complain. And so they complained to Moses, how dare you put us in this impossible situation? We wanted to stay in Egypt. We told you this was happening. They would cry. And so they started thinking the worst possible outcome. Don't we do that sometimes? When situations get a little thick for us, we start thinking about how to get out of this situation and we make it worse. They had themselves six feet under. Were there no graves in Egypt that we are out here in the wilderness to die? They cried out. And so they started jumping to conclusions about their situation. We will go mad, brothers and sisters, if we start doing this ourselves. Running scenarios in our minds, trying to figure out how to get out of our situation, how to get out of our tough time. We will go mad. We need to recognize that God has already answered prayers from saints that have been in other similar situations and take hope and pray. And that's what I did as a family. If you called last week and made the comment that the Ortiz family was in a tough financial hardship. Very difficult. We had a mortgage that was due, several of them actually, and we just were backed against the wall, just like the children of Israel. And so we started doing this principle. Recognize, appreciate that prayer is crucial. While on our knees, my phone rang. And it was a colleague of mine part of an old dormant account that I had on the books, forgotten completely. He called me for business, and it reignited my business for the next two years. The Ortiz family experienced a Red Sea deliverance, and that can happen to you as well. And now principle number five. If you want to entertain that handout, you may do so now. Now, this principle, principle number five, coupled with principle number four, is going to change things for you. It is a game changer. Why? Because it's going to give you the emotional stability that you need in that difficult situation that you find yourself in. It is, in my opinion, the supreme principle that puts things in perspective where you see it now is with spiritual eyes. 
slide number seven. Remain composed and confident and give God time to work things out. Exodus chapter 14, verse 13 to 14, slide number eight. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. We sang that three or four times today in the singing of the worship song. Just stay calm. Notice the four commands. Do not be afraid. Stand still. Watch or look to the Lord for your deliverance. Stay calm. You know, that reminds me of Psalms 46.10. You all know that verse very well. Be still and know that I am God. God is asking you and me through that verse to pause. And then to think about him. And so this principle, brothers and sisters, speaks for itself. You and I, at the height of our crisis, whatever we're going through right this moment, however serious, we need to stop being afraid. Stop being afraid of your situation. Now, I asked my son whether I can say this word from the pulpit. He said, okay, so anything happens, you blame him. Stop freaking out. Stop your panic. Put away your despair. Get up out of bed. Get your eyes off yourself. Get your eyes off the situation. And look to the Lord. He's the answer to your situation. Notice verse 14 again. The Lord will fight for you. Just stay calm. You see, the battle is his, isn't it? The battle is his. He is in defense of his name. He is in defense of his honor. He is the holy, heavenly, majestic Elohim. Throw out another theological word at you. Lord of the heavens that's called the God of war against this lowly, sinful, unholy Pharaoh who thinks he's divine. Who do you think is going to win? Exactly. <laughs> Just stay calm. That's the directive. So I want you to hear the Lord this morning. We sang that song, Open Our Eyes, Lord. Did we not? Hear the Lord this morning saying to you, brother and sister, in the situation you find yourself in right this moment, don't trust your emotions. Yield them to me. I am your ally alongside of you in this situation. Reel in your runaway emotions. 
and bring yourself under control. Why? Because you open the door to my peace. You open the door from fear to faith. I'll fight for you. Now notice the children of Israel were simply told to watch. They had nothing to do but watch the Lord rescue them. So what did they do next? Slide number nine. Principle number six. When uncertain, take the next reasonable step by faith. Exodus chapter 14, verse 15. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the sons of Israel to move forward. Now, I love this verse. Let me tell you why. Moses had no clue. <laughs> he had no idea how this is going to happen. He had no clue what was going to happen. Now, he saw the ten plagues. He was part of that whole scenario. As our brother mentioned in the opening of our first song. Ten plagues. Powerful plagues that delivered them out of Egypt. So Moses knew inherently because of that, that God could do it. That he could get them out of this situation. But he didn't know how. Brothers and sisters, listen closely. I have no clue what you're going through right now this morning. I don't know what situation you're in. I don't know what tough time you're going through. Lydia and I have our own. And you and I have no clue how God's going to do it. You know what we do when we love to do and what we always tend to do? We meddle. We meddle in his affairs. And we start telling God how we should get out of our situation. We start giving him the solutions of what we think and how we need to get out of our situation. We say, Lord, take it away, take it away. I don't want to be in this one. I need a, a, a less severe one. But this one, maybe down the road, but now lessen. Lessen it, please. But you see, there's no spiritual value in that. Principle number one, God designed. God designed the certain circumstance that you find yourself in now. And you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Now let's look at Moses for a minute. He was clueless. He was. Uh, things are getting hot around here. Lord, uh, you're singing down any angels or what? Um, Lord, are we being airlifted here? <laughs> how, how is this going to happen? Are the Pharaoh, uh, the Egyptian army going to just drop dead in front of us? Is that how you're going to get us out of this, Lord? But whatever it is, Lord, I believe you can do it. 
of all the options that possibly could be entertained in situation, the Lord and the Lord alone knows how he's going to do this. I want to read you a paraphrase from a pastor, David Guzik, G-U-Z-I-K. He has an online free commentary of both the Old and the New Testament. And he says this. Here's a little, a little secret. There is a rescue solution that's hidden away in the repository of limitless resources that are at the disposal of your God and my God on your behalf. The repository that the children of Israel nor Moses knew about. And you too, believer, there is a repository of resources that you know nothing about and it's never exhausted. You see, the Lord has ways of meeting your needs and my needs and coming through for us and being wonderful and awesome in your difficult circumstances that you're going through that you have no knowledge of whatsoever. You couldn't think of them if you could. Wow. Wow. So we have here Moses, an amazing leader, telling the children of Israel... Can you see him up there? Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord deliver you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just like a preacher, right? Then he says to the children of Israel, one moment, I'll be right back. Oh, Lord, Lord, how are you going to do this? I need your help here. And the Lord answers him right away. Verse 15, Moses, why are you praying? Why are you crying out to me? Moses, get to work. Get to work. Slide 11. The Lord says in verse 16, this is what I want you to do. Lift up your staff and stretch it out. Stretch out your hand over the sea. Divide it so that the sons of Israel may go through it. Uh, sorry, through the middle of the sea on dry land. The children of Israel were to take down their tents at once and prepare to go forward. So they have the four commands. Do not be afraid. Stand still. Look to me. Be calm. But the Lord doesn't want us to just be waiting all the time. There's some action that we need to take place on our behalf. On our behalf. Now remember, so he's following the Lord. Take the staff, put it out there. He has no clue what's going to happen yet. But he's obedient. He's obedient to the word that he's receiving from Yahweh. So the main thing here on this point is not to remain idle. Remaining idle is what we shouldn't do. We need to move forward. The next reasonable step forward in your circumstance, what is it for you? Is it to make that call? Is it to say that prayer? Is it to talk to that person you've been meaning to talk to for the last year? Is it to make that appointment? Is it to take that second opinion? Is it to call your brother and sister in Christ you haven't seen in a week? 
Whatever that is, keep moving forward. Don't be idle. We are to be about our Father's business, right? While we're waiting on our answer to tough times. Slide number 12. We have here Psalm 3734. It teaches us what that is. I want you to look at that verse. It has two parts. Wait on the Lord and hang out? No. Wait on the Lord, watch TV 24-7? No. Wait on the Lord and keep his way. That's moving forward and not being idle. The verse teaches us that in the meantime of waiting, stay connected to your family and wait on the Lord. Stay connected to your friends, but wait on the Lord. Stay connected in serving the church, but wait on the Lord. Stay connected to life, get the heck out of bed, and stay connected to the Lord by waiting upon him. Slide 13, principle number seven. Faith anticipates divine intervention. Faith anticipates divine intervention. Slide number 14. The text is Exodus 14, 19 through 20. Then the angel of the Lord, who had been going in front of the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them. The pillar of cloud moved from in front and stood behind them. So it came in between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel. I'll stop there. You see, the Lord now positioned himself right in between Israel and his enemies. And so now the Lord is in the middle. And if Pharaoh wants to lay a finger on, his, on the children of Israel, they got to go through the Lord. What do we learn from this principle? Brothers and sisters, you get these principles under your belt. You start following them. There's someone that's in your corner. There's someone that's got your back, to use today's vernacular. Psalm, Isaiah 54, 17 says, no weapon formed against them can prosper. Why? Because God will be your rear guard. Whatever we're going through, brothers and sisters, we need to keep in mind, or better yet, we need to anticipate that the Lord is going to interpose himself between you and what you're going through if you just simply put these simple principles in place, especially five and six. Your faith will grow exponentially if you do so. Slide 15. Principle number eight. Victory over your current crisis is a faith builder for next time. Victory over your current crisis is a faith builder for the next time. The text we're using for that is Exodus 14, 21 through 30. Exodus 14, 21 through 30. Slide 16. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept back by a strong east wind all that night and turned the seabed into dry land, 
and the waters were divided. Let me stop there for a second because I think we can travel back 3,500 years to try to see this in action. So if technology is cooperated, I want you to take your look at the screens.
That was spectacular, wasn't it? I don't know about you, but I think I've found that movie about 25 times, and it never gets old. But it shows you exactly how Exodus chapter 14 is the roadmap to the tough times you're going through. Boy, did they see the power of God displayed, did they not? Let me gather my thoughts where I'm at. <laughs> Slide 17. What you just saw in verse 31 is the result of where God wanted to take the children of Israel to. Verse 31 says, when Israel saw, that's what he said at the very beginning. Stop being afraid, and I want you to watch what I do. And Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians. Here it is. They feared the Lord. They believed in the Lord and in his servant. That's what God is after us as well. Through the situations that we go through. So that we learn to fear him. That we learn to believe in his, in his strength over our problems and that we believe his servant not Moses we're in the New Testament but God's holy spotless lamb the servant of God the servant of servants the Lord Jesus Christ this miracle of the parting of the Red Sea is the motif that you will see in the Old, in the New Testaments, and it becomes the benchmark of not only redemption and the story of redemption, but how God deals with you and me every day in delivering us from the things we go through in life. All of the narratives that you'll read in the, in the life of the children of Israel will go back to this event and how God has the power to deliver, deliver them from their current situation. You'll see that in the Psalms. So in closing, slide number 20, this is what we learn, and then we'll close. Our faith grows when we choose to apply God's promises to today's difficult circumstances or tough times, and we use the experiences to mature us for tomorrow's difficult challenges in life. In a sense, what we're doing is we're warehousing up faith for our future times ahead. That's what we're doing. And so we pray that these eight principles we looked, like, uh, looked at in terms of our game plan for tough times have been a blessing to you. Review them, and may God help us to review them, to follow them, to practice them, so that when we find ourselves in tough times, difficult situations, we reach out, follow these principles, and we'll, you'll see that God will be strong on your behalf. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the few minutes that we've had in your word. We thank you for the story of Moses and the parting of the Red Sea. 
that speaks volumes to us about our own situation, our own station in life, our own problems, and that certainly there is a lot of advice, a lot of guidance in the principles we see out of chapter 14. Lord, speak to us these words of life, build it into our own lives so that we might call upon you and follow these principles. We thank you for it, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Please stand with me at this time. We'll sing.